Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. Today, we're going to be focusing on prayer and spiritual warfare specifically, but there are many prayers that encompass the surroundings of spiritual warfare that I want to get to first. So this does come directly out of the book, The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins, and this is chapter 12 on prayer. So let's dig in and see what we've got today. Prayer, we've all heard it, but what does it really mean? Why pray? Does it really make a difference? The answer is yes. God hears all prayers. We may not get a response in the time frame we intended, but sooner or later, our answers do come. A no answer may mean wait. Oftentimes, no means not yet, or something much greater is planned for you. While prayer is the medium of all miracles, let us explore the principles of prayer. When we pray to God, we're to ask in faith, ask with the right motives, pray according to God's will. We're to be in right relationship with others so that he hears our prayer. Any sin that we have needs to have been confessed. Prayers go through stages as we grow, and partaking in an effective prayer life is about our awareness. So think back to Abraham. He never owned a home other than a tent, which really became his emblem. But you want to know the secret to Abraham's life? It was his prayer altar. And among God telling me to get to know his son Jesus, another time he told me I needed to pray. So God desires a deep, intimate connection with his children, not because he needs us, but because he knows that we need him. He is the ultimate father. Yes, he does correct us by chastising his chosen ones when necessary, but doesn't every good earthly parent do this? He also wants to be involved in every facet of our lives. Our goal in prayer is to have our hearts in alignment with what God wants for us. And this is in lieu of wanting what we think is best. Prayer does not always change our situation, but what I've found is it changes us. Only God is enough. We'll never find the answers in the world that we live in. Pray when guidance is needed, asking that our steps be directed. This is a much better solution than asking for forgiveness for mistakes. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 tell us to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So there are eight different types of prayers, and the most common are adoration, thanksgiving, supplication, intercession, imprecation, confession, benediction, and doxology. And we're going to review all of these. Adoration is honoring God for who he is. This type of prayer is about devotion and worship, magnifying his name on high. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3, we learn, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Thanksgiving prayers may be silent, sung to God, or stated out loud. 
He just wants us to commune with him. Not being thankful to God is equal to the rejection of God. And this type of prayer is about more than just us. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 tells us, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and foolish hearts were darkened. We're to tell God how thankful we are and appreciative for all he's done. Thank him for allowing us to enter into relationship with him. Thank him for your family, your health, your home your job, the possibilities of thanking God are endless. No matter if you're in a valley or up on a mountaintop, there's always room for thanksgiving. The book of Ezra chapter 3 verse 11 tells us that they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. Now supplication prayers are about being are about asking based upon urgent requests and needs that we may have. And God honors our requests if what we're asking is in His will. When we pray in the Father's will, we ask, we seek, we knock, and then He'll move on our behalf. Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 says to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, which just means by asking, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Ask God to meet your needs for yourself for others, for your community, for your nation, for the world. You can be specific here. God is a good father. Intercessory prayer. This is when we pray on others' behalf before approaching God with our own needs. We start these prayers by offering up praises to God. Romans chapter 8 verse 34 tells us who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. I love knowing Christ goes to my Father and intercedes on my behalf. This thought brings so much comfort to me. All we need to do is ask. The angels sit upon his right hand also. Because of Christ's birth, crucifixion, resurrection, and intercession, his children are protected from evil. He will mediate on our behalf. As believers, we can count on the Holy Spirit to pray for us when we can't even mutter our requests. The Spirit steps in and prays according to God's will. Our part is to go to Jesus and ask for intercessory prayer. An example of an intercessory prayer made to Mother Mary is Ave Maria. This prayer was originated in the Middle Ages around the 7th century. It's also known as the Angelic Salutation or the Hail Mary. In the 11th century, the Roman Catholic Church translated the original Greek text into Latin. The prayer goes like this, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is thy fruit of the womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. A way to uncover the needs of others is to simply ask, How may I ask God to bless you today? Instead of saying, May I pray for you today? 
When we are specific with the request of others, it tells them that we are genuinely interested in them and will follow through on our word. How many times has someone said to you, let's get together and never bothers to call? This way we know it's going to happen. Lamentation prayers, when one laments, it is the passionate expression of grief or sorrow. When beginning a prayer, it's best to start with praise and adoration for our Heavenly Father. But what about times of deep distress, when one is not looking for intercession from Christ to the Father? How do we passionately express our feelings? We do this by lamenting. More honest about our discomfort, our pain, stress, anguish, or grief, God hears us. He wants us to talk with Him about everything. There are no surprises that we can share with God. He is sovereign even over our prayers. He knows our needs even before we ask. He wants us to cry out to Him so that He can comfort us and we can rest in His loving arms. When we trust and obey Him, our relationship is strengthened and deepened. Imprecation prayers, this is the word tells us to pray for our enemies and bless those who curse us. You might not be as familiar with this type of prayer, but here it goes. Let's dig into it. In the book of Job, chapter 42, verse 10, it says, And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. What does that mean? Pray God's vengeance? No. We're to pray for their eternal salvation by having a personal relationship with Christ. Secondly, we're to pray God's perfect will be done. Lord, I pray Christ shed blood over my enemies. Allow your perfect will for their lives to penetrate their hearts of stone and soften them towards your word. Make them see the light and want to come to know your son for eternal salvation. Lord, not to help me, but to help them. In your perfect name, amen. By praying in this fashion, we soften our hearts. We release anger and all bitterness, allowing compassion and empathy to radiate our being. This also allows God's forgiveness into our life. Praying an imprecation prayer is to send up a prayer of misfortune toward an enemy. God's wrath, disaster, annihilation, and punishment are examples. The blessings which come down are God's protection and justice because He is all-knowing, omniscient. The enemy we are wrestling is not flesh and blood, but rather a spiritual foe. In the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, he says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And that leads us into spiritual warfare, which is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12 through 18. We're to put on the whole armor of God by praising and praying. According to God's word, we can win in spiritual warfare. Paul provides us with the analogy of a Roman soldier in Ephesians for becoming proficient in battling spiritual warfare. He says, let us put on the armor of light. When we put on Jesus Christ, we're protected by the only person Satan has never defeated. The armor of God is truth and truth equals Jesus Christ righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, and the word. 
Those are the six pieces of armor that we put on in total. Now, victory is the belt of truth. The devil cannot stand up to Jesus and win. Jesus has already defeated him. The belt is what holds the soldier's sword and breastplate in place. Now we have the breastplate of righteousness, which protects the heart. This is the spiritual heart-soul protection for the believer. We have peace, which are the feet protected by the gospel of peace. The soldier's sandals were heavy, providing him with traction for the battle. Christ gives us security and peace when the enemy launches his arrows at us. And then we have the shield of faith, which is God's promises. Faith and trust in God's blessings and promises deflect the fiery arrows the enemy attacks us with. The helmet of salvation is our assurance of salvation. A Christian soldier's mind is priority to protect. In spiritual warfare, the enemy's number one infiltration spot starts in our minds. When we feel overwhelmed and think we cannot take another minute, God reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And God's word is the sword of the spirit, the word of God. The sword is the word of God. This is the only offensive weapon for the Christian. The believer has a whole armory to choose from in the Bible when selecting the right sword or scripture verse for battle. The book of Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17 promises us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper and every tongue which rises against us in judgment you shall condemn when we pray help me holy spirit before speaking and before responding an increase in joy is experienced many prophets understood the reality of powerful unseen spiritual forces and god's spiritual army did not battle on behalf of the prophetic community. It's at work for every believer in any age who takes on spiritual forces. The book of John chapter 14 verse 6 says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, Jesus is synonymous with the truth. He is truth. So when driving in my car, I began to see many people soliciting help on street corners. At first, I gave money every time to help them. Unfortunately, I wasn't sure where the money was going. And one time I was in AJ's parking lot and a pregnant woman asked for help. I gave her $40. But again, this was only a band-aid to her problem. I decided it was a better alternative to take people to your nearby restaurant or convenience store and at least purchase food for them. I stopped doing this though after a man point blank told me he didn't want food, he wanted money. And after praying about the situation and the solution, the Holy Spirit inspired within me to have a four by six spiritual card of a Roman soldier showing all the spiritual armor that we just discussed. And the card also lists the verse of scripture from the book of John. And so now I give out the card to people along with the name and number of a local shelter who can assist them long term. Occasionally, I still buy lunch or give money, but not nearly as frequently. 
And that brings us to the prayer of confession. The godly confess both faith and sin when offering up prayers of confession. We tell another what is on our hearts so we may turn prayer toward joy. Pray, Jesus, you take control. Or I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my situation now. Romans chapter 10 verse 10 tells us, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now that verse shows us what we should strive for and what we should leave behind. In a confessional prayer, we're to be honest and transparent. We're not sharing anything the Lord doesn't already know. After all, he knows the number of hairs on our head. There's a popular prayer of repentance that comes directly out of Psalm 51. It says, Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Purge me with hyssop which is that oil, and I shall be clean, wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And Psalm chapter 86 verse 5 tells us, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. In the end, sin is against God. Man can attempt to place sin upon us, but it's just not the case. One repentance, our repentance, excuse me, needs to be pleaded through Christ. He has full control of our soul's final resting place, not man. God gives us grace, which is either growing or shrinking. We have two choices each day, either sin or commit to God's grace. The book of Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 tells us to set our mind on things above, not things on the earth. And finally, this brings us to the benediction prayer, which is an invocation requesting divine help. The benediction most often occurs at the end of a worship gathering. Numbers chapter 6 verses 24 through 26 is from the Levi tribe. It's the Aaronic benediction. And Aaron was Moses' brother, if you recall. And this prayer alone houses six blessings. This is a blessing from God to the people. It says, the Lord bless you. That's the first blessing. And keep you. That's the second blessing. The Lord make his face shine upon you. There's your third blessing. And be gracious to you. Fourth blessing. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Blessing number five. And give you peace. Blessing six. So the whole thing is the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. And we have a doxology prayer, and this form is about praising God. The Lord's Prayer uses it at the end of Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. It says, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And the Lord's Prayer provides man with an outline to pray. It's not a formula to be repeated by rote memorization. This list is topical. Believers who pray using this model are praying according to the Heavenly Father's priorities. In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallowed is a way of saying praised or sanctified, made holy. This is honoring the person behind the name. And that's why we start with our Father, because we're honoring the Father. Your kingdom come references the reign of God and his coming kingdom. The kingdom of God is already within every believer. Asking God for his daily bread demonstrates our complete dependence upon him. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. A believer's relationship with God cannot be right until relationships with others have been made right. Sin is forgiven once and for all upon becoming a new creation in Christ. Living is an ongoing relationship with Christ, which requires us to seek forgiveness daily by surrendering to Him, having that relational forgiveness. Temptation means testing or trials. Believers should pray for protection from the evil one. And reasons that we pray, we pray because our own solutions don't work, because prayer deploys, activates, and fortifies us against the attacks of the enemy. We're serious about taking back the ground the enemy has sought to take from us. The enemy wants nothing more than to destroy relationships families, careers, and anything else that God blesses his believers with. Jesus tells us, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. We're to pray without ceasing. Jesus reminds me I may be the only Bible someone may ever read, or a walking sermon someone may see. We're to be his ambassadors. And when we pray based upon the promises of God, we're showered with his grace as blessings are rained down upon us. So Jesus, hear my prayer. Thank you for allowing your word to soak into every cell of my being. At my core, I'm a vessel awaiting the massaging of the clay of the potter's hand as more of your truths penetrate deeper into every crevice of my being. I'm awakened to your divine spirit as you illuminate through me your truths about the wonders of your galaxies and your universe. Mold me into the instrument you can use to actively do your will, God. Your will is your servant's desire. My heart is open to you. Amen. Dearest God, my soul is a grateful instrument in the sky on a trajectory tethered through the great cloud of witnesses. Anchored at your right hand, you supply me with righteousness which runs deep through my veins as you graft new insights of love and beauty from ashes which arise like the phoenix because i have faith in you jesus you are my rock my salvation a very present help in trouble you are the glory my salvation my life is not my own it's yours lead me like your word says in psalm 23 for you are my shepherd i am your sheep i'm broken i surrender i'm unable i'm usable and unable to do this on my own but use me for your glory jesus in your kingdom jesus i pray amen
And when we pray in Jesus's name, like we talked about yesterday, it's not a tagline. Rather, we're praying in his will. This helps us focus and not be selfish with our requests. Father, I claim these verses being diligent in your commandments. Thank you for giving me the power to live in freedom and abundance. I ask that you bless everything I put my hand to so I may be a blessing to others. In your precious son's name, amen. Satan's kryptonite is no match for the armor of God against our heart, mind, and souls. We're given the full armor of God to withstand spiritual warfare. This is a battle Christ has already won. We need only to profess out loud God's word, which is full of blessings and promises. And God's mantra is fear not.